Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Now, uh, no, we can't teach without a joke. So this business garage, I found one which is appropriate. So, <clears throat> here goes. Tom had this problem of getting up late in the morning and was always late for work. His boss was mad at him. Uh, anyone, are you Tom? If you are the Tom in here, praise God. Uh, sorry. His boss was mad at him and threatened to fire him if he didn't do something about it. So Tom went to his doctor who gave him a pill and told him to take it before he went to bed. Tom slept well. <coughs> in, in, and in fact, he beat the alarm in the morning. He had a leisurely breakfast and drove cheerfully to work. <coughs> Boss, he said, the pill actually worked. That's all fine, said the boss. But where were you yesterday? Oh. <coughs> anyway, welcome. 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 Abataka funye, funa interpreta, funa interpreta. Watoka funye. We've been talking about value. In fact, I last spoke here a month ago. Uh, at Business Garage, and we've had some really wonderful teachers, preachers, instructors teach us about the concept of value. Value. Yes, I came with my older Bible, so I'm, I'm still trying to find the parts. Value. Now, do you know I've ever been fired? Like real fired. Most people who work with me can't believe that there is even a firing story in my life. I was once fired. No, underperforming. I was fired. In fact, uh, I, I think I just finished campus and I was doing some sort of internship at a construction company. Uh, architect Norman Ajiri, if you're watching, you are my immediate supervisor. And uh, I went in there, I thought I would be given architectural work. I was instead sent to a, a, a building site and I was supposed to stay there. That was the employer's idea of keeping me busy, to stay on the building site. I thought, I'm an architect. I'll come here only when I need to. So I would go by the site, look at what's going on, and go do my stuff. After all, I was more passionate about ministry those days than work. Am I talking to someone? Am I talking at all? Some of you know yourselves. <laughs> Either prayer, lunch hour, or morning glory, or evening fellowship, or something. Ah, because the Lord has called you. My friend, the Lord will call you outside of that business. Like I was, I was fired. I remember very well. My immediate supervisor took me for lunch, and I was given the news. I shed some tears. This was my very first job out of, out of campus, and I got fired. <laughs> oh. 
Today's topic is mind your own business. Mind. <laughs> mind your own business. Otherwise, you'll be fired. If you don't mind your business, you'll be fired either by your boss or by life or by your wife. Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. If you are the head of the home and you keep bringing back the cavera and it's empty, you might be fired. So basically, life fires all those who don't want to mind their own business. But you know, we are not the first ones to be encouraged to mind our own business. Paul writes to the Thessalonians uh, in chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians. And this is an interesting scripture because I'm actually going to use this scripture to teach you a little bit about how to read your Bible because in this text, they actually mixed up concepts mid-verse. So when you read it without that understanding, you will not interpret correctly what they, they are saying. So I decided to start where they don't even talk about business. He says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. You see, he's talking about brotherly love, right? For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Next verse. And indeed, now go back to the previous verse. Are you seeing the semicolon? Okay. Next verse. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. That's where the problem is. You see, when the text was written previously, there were no verses and chapters. It was one whole letter. The full stop is right at Macedonia. And it's talking about brotherly love. But if you don't understand how to read your Bible, you're going to think that the next part, but we urge you, brethren, that increase more and more has to do with brotherly love. Because it is in the same verse, but see the next verse. The next verse, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly to those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Yeah, let's go back. So you see, let's go back to verse 9. Verse 10. So you see that the thought we are exploring doesn't start at the beginning of that verse. It starts at, but we add you, brethren. It starts after Macedonia. Amen. Amen. So now, I just brought the whole thing so you don't get confused. So now, let's start after Macedonia because you and I have never been there. So, but we know the rest of it. Let's start after Macedonia. So what does it say? But we urge you, brethren. Remember, what's the topic today, Timo? Mind your own business. Come on. Mind your own business. T.F. Eka writes and says that the law of income states that you shall be compensated according to the value that you bring to the market. You are the one to be compensated by the value that you bring to the market. I like to say both the butcher and the surgeon deal in meat, but they are compensated wildly differently. So they are both cutting meat, but one is paid per the hour, the other is paid by the, by the, kilo, by the kilogram. So it is important that you understand that the amount of money you have right now is a result of you. 
you can blame coronavirus, you can blame the government for adding only one person in the car after a three-hour speech, you can blame your teacher, you can blame the career master, you, you, but at the end of the day, it's you, it's you. It's you who brings the value to the market and you are compensated for it. And it's on this assumption that Paul, I think, writes these kind of things because these are really great truths. So it shall be compensated according to the value you bring to the market. Uh, Dr. Sandy Adelaja writes in his book about time and says that successful people convert their time into tangible resources, into products and services. So you must have a conversion rate for your life. You must know how much you are worth per hour. Now, when you don't know these kind of things, you kill time. People who are killing time don't know that life is measured in time. One of the tragedies of life is that we celebrate our birthdays upwards instead of downwards. If you knew we were going to live 80 years old, and you knew that you were going to go to heaven on 28th June of the day of your death, not birth, and then you kept celebrating reverse, your friends come and say, the guy has only 38 years to go. Now he has 27 left. My, my friend, by the time you have six years to go, you have found a successor, you have installed a board, you, you are going at it because you know you don't have time. But that's the reality, but we fool ourselves by celebrating our birthdays upwards. If we are celebrating our death days, we would be, more, we would be much wiser than we are today. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. He's writing to believers. I'm talking to believers today. Brethren, you see, when you see the word increase, the assumption is that there is a sense of more. Like you can't increase less. Much again. The increase. <laughs> you know, yeah? Like if the girl is as beautiful as my wife, that should suffice. But when you say she's very beautiful. So that he's talking about that you increase, then he says what? More and more. That's to the power three. Do you know the third power? It's a, it's a super, in fact, it's going off superlative. It's almost becoming a hyperbole. <laughs> Try it all Zoom. <laughs> but we urge you, brethren, that you increase Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And Paul is saying we urge you. It's not we suggest to you. It's not, it would be a good idea, actually, B3, if you increase more and more. You see, people who misread this verse by combining it with the previous verse will be thinking we are talking about increasing more and more in love, in brotherly love. No, no. Read the context of everything before you come to the next full stop. What does he say next? That you also aspire to lead acquired life to mind your own business to work with your own hands as we commanded you Paul and his friends commanded not suggested not does not vote it's a command 
to mind your business, to work with your own hands. And all of that results into this other big thing of you increase more and more. He's, he's clearly talking about economics here. He's not talking about brotherly love. Brotherly love ended at Macedonia. Take me back to Macedonia. Macedonia, that's where brotherly love ended with a full stop. But if he had said and, you would know it's a conjunction. But means that the new thought coming is independent, if not even opposite, of the previous one. But we urge you, brethren. But I urge you, business garage people. But I urge you, the church in Uganda. But I urge you, charismatic believers especially, that you increase more and more. There is something about a believer whose net worth is rising year by year, whose income is rising year by year, they start representing Jesus much better than one whose net worth is falling year by year, whose income doesn't exist, and their spouse is in your office trying to ask what happened even though you were not at the wedding. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. There is a place of increase for you. There is a place of increase for you. God can never tell you to do something that's contrary to how he has wired you. You are wired for increase. That's who you are. You are wired for increase. You are wired to be productive at an increasing rate every single year of your life, regardless of what's happening. Look, everyone is crying coronavirus. Do you know how much money people have made out there out of this crisis? My God. You see, the problem is that you confuse your value with your product. So if your product is not needed in a certain space, in a certain time, you think you no longer have value. No, no, no. If you have value, a product is just an expression of value. And once that product is not needed, you still have the value. You start producing another kind of product or service with the same kind of value you have. Your product is not you. Your product is just an expression of value. That's why there are people out there who produce 10, 15, 20 products that are completely different from each other. They are not there working in 10, 20 different companies. No, no. They understand the law of time and the law of value. And they know how to deploy the best people with the best talent in the best environments to produce the best results. And all they do is do the work of Adam. You see, God says that he prepared good works before, before and that we should walk in them, not work in them. Walk in them, not work in them. We urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. And it says that you aspire to lead a quiet life. Someone wrote, I think I read it on Facebook, that shallow rivers make lots of noise. He said deep rivers are quiet. If you know how rivers work, at the, at, when the river is just starting like near here, that's why they don't, they don't have lots of dams in Egypt where the river is finishing. Over there, it's quiet. It looks like a lake. Over here, rapids, what? It's just starting because it's a shallow river. The river is noisiest at the shallowest point. I 
don't know what that says about us Pentecostals. Deep rivers don't make noise. People don't, people don't sink in shallow rivers. You, you can see, whoa, whoa, it's going over a rock, it's shallow, lots of noise. When it gets to a deep part, quiet, quiet. Now, me, I don't know these people's lives personally, so don't tell me, I don't know. But how much noise do you see Sudil making on Facebook? You see, when you have money, you don't need to be known. You don't fight for space. You're tweeting every three hours. If you are listening to this and you're not seeing me, I'm walking around. If you're on radio or something. I'm reflecting on what I've just said because it has taught me, touched me. Aspire. Like, it's an aspiration. In other words, a noisy life is not aspired to. The noise is what you fall to. The quiet is what you rise to. Quietness is something you rise to. Noise is something you fall to. Because naturally, you have to make a lot of noise to make up for whatever is lacking in substance. I'm not, by the way, so get up with me. I'm just stating facts here. I'm not too old, but I've been around for about 44 years, and I've seen a few things. And my heart is for the church and for the brethren and for our nation and for the kingdom of God. And I've, I, I, I've identified that there is a missing gap in this area of economics. A friend of mine asked me, if your church left the neighborhood, would they celebrate or would they be sad? No, they might notice because they can sleep better. <laughs> would people be like where is the church going our businesses our health care our education our community work all our lives that church was the center of, of our community and now it's going or would they be like <laughs> They start making some noise of their own to celebrate the departure of Rolling Stones, Catch No More, International Ministries of the Holy Ghost Fire. To, you aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. So this is the thing we've been leaning into. That, and here's the thing. 
Daniel Lapin says, a business is anyone or any group of people with customers. That's a business. What's a business? Any person or any group of people with customers. Now, if you are employed in a job, I want you to know that you own a business. And your primary customer is your boss. And your promotion, staying power, or demotion depends on the value you're giving your customer. If you make yourself indispensable to your customer, who is your boss, you are going to determine your terms. If you are not delivering value, if they are good to you, they will ask you to leave so you go think about it and find where you can deliver value. Or they, you will just be wondering why no one is not giving you any work. Hey. Timo is working on the other project. Angela is working on the other project. Mithri is working on the other project. Me, I come, I put my coat on my chair. Then your chai. I be on Facebook. But no one is not, no one is giving me any what? Any significant work. <laughs> Do you know why they are not giving you work? Value. Value. You don't know how to over deliver, let alone deliver. I told you I was fired once. So I know what I'm talking about. What people don't know, those who have never employed people, is the worst day in any employer's life is when they have to fire someone. Because it's, it's not just a, 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 a person, it's a, a person. They have a family. And you groan, you spend sleepless nights. Some people eventually get used to it like Trump and they just like, fire! But <laughs> those of us who still have a heart, no, you pray at night. What? Why? Because you have to fire someone. And then you eventually start working on how you present the whole thing so that it doesn't look so bad. But look, the problem is simple. Value. I've had to fire people myself. And I can tell you, I wish I could outsource that role. Because most people do. They just bring in a new manager for that department. And they know the guy is here for three months to fire, and they already pre-agreed. Now, because we don't play gimmicks, you want to be true to people, you want to build people, you can't do that. It's so bad. Don't let your employer have to go through firing you, ever. Mind your own business. Your job is your business. I remember Patrick Vitatria wrote this once, and I even put it in my older book, The Wealth Files. Your job is your business, and uh, your salary is your business capital. Okay? So when you spend on transport, meals, clothing to go to work, you can't go in your boxers, uh, and all these other things... All those are capital expenses. And I need you to listen carefully, employee, employees. All those are capital expenses to run the business. It's like Daniel has to spend money on bottles, what, plus all those things. Those are capital expenses. And then you sell. 
So the money, your profit, your profit is the money that you save to invest. That's your profit. So if you're not saving any money to invest, you're running a loss-making venture at your workplace. Your employee may be making lots of profits, but not you. Tell your neighbor, mind your own business. So you see, most people get bored at work. Some people have to be maintained. You know people who need maintenance. The, board, the boss has to write them a thank you note every week. Otherwise, they are discouraged. They want to go. What? Why? They are, they are minding the boss's business, not their own business. If you work at Tiva Water, if you work at Dag and Bragan, okay, and you think you work for Dag and Bragan, the Dag and Bragan people have to make you feel like staying every single week. But if you know you're working for yourself, you are your own business. Dagan Bragan is your client. You are a consultant. What you're paid are your business, is your business capital. What you save and start investing in those different investment ventures, that's your profit. You will never need anyone to keep patting you on the back to stay in your workplace. That's why a lot of people are average. I refuse average. Mind your own business. I'm, I, I mind your own business. To mind your own business, and says to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. That's an expectation in the kingdom. Work is an expectation in the kingdom of God. Even Adam and Eve, the very first dwellers on earth, what were they to do? Work. You know the thing that's going to surprise most people when we go to heaven? Work. They'll be like, I thought we were supposed to be playing harps, sitting on a cloud. You Look, you can't even play a tambourine and you think you're going to play a harp. <laughs> Next verse, Katumare. He says that you may walk properly toward those who are outside. The result of minding your own business, I hope you got the minding your own business part. If you are employed, you, Moses Mukisa, you are Moses Mukisa Incorporated. And when you show up for work, you've brought your services to your client, who is your boss, whether that's Steve Water, whether that's Dagan Bragan, whether that is Bajita uh, Batieno, Powerful Living Enterprises, whether that is Bajita uh, Batieno, Timothy's expressions, whether that's uh, beautiful living, beautiful moments. Aren't you? They are not feeling us with the brand. Biggest masterpieces. Whatever your, uh, the business is where you work, you're bringing your value there as a consultant, delivering value, and you're being compensated monthly. So when they ask your revenue, your, what you're paid as a salary earner, that's revenue, that's not profit. Profit is what you save to invest. I've belabored that point because it's the weak point in our economy. But anyway, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside. What happens when you mind your own business? Okay, what happens when you increase more and more by? You increase more and more by, by doing what? By, take me back, take me back by leading a quiet life, 
minding your own business, working with your own hands. What happens when you do that? The result, you see, they say that. Are you seeing that that? This is a complete idiot's guide to Bible interpretation. That, as a result, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside. So, saint, even if you are saved and sanctified, heaven-bound, kingdom-squatting, demon-chasing, fire-spitting, door-to-door evangelizing, it is possible you may walk not properly toward those who are outside. A lot of people celebrate the people they've led to Christ, but do you know how many people you've kept away from Christ? By your lifestyle. I think today I'm in sort of apostolic mode, so instead of pastoral. So just, just eat, the fi- eat, the, eat the meat, spill the bones. Berangal yeche nyanja. Tolia magumba. Just kulia nyama. So, all of us, now some people, they don't do any evangelism. So even those, they, you have a, a, neg- a net negative in heaven. You've led none to, to Christ, but you've kept away 48. So your heavenly account of people that uh, to know is negative, 48. What you recall, start doing some evangelism so that if you're keeping away 10 people by your bad behavior, maybe you're leading 11 people to Christ every year and you have a positive work. But I think that the church has kept more people away from Christ than the ones we've led to Christ because of the economic question. Because our witness is not good. As church leaders, I hesitated to take on the title pastor for a very long time. It it doesn't represent virtue and value. He said, no, pastor. Let people check, is my wallet safe? What? Yeah, and it's so sad that that's what's going on out there. There's a reason I never left my architecture business even when I led this church for many years and shifted into leadership development and coaching. Why? I never wanted to bring shame to the name of Christ because of my personal financial needs. Now, Egwe, you're now over Satu. The Lord has called me. I've resigned my job. With three people. And two of them are kids, so they can't tithe. Anyway, that you that you may work properly. If there are any pastor friends who are watching this, find a way. This season lockdown has shown you that this thing of depending on the congregation doesn't work. That's why Paul didn't do it. Paul worked. Find a way of creating value. If you're a pastor, it means you speak every week. That means that you're very skilled in communication. Find a way of creating value out of that. It means you develop material that, look, if you've been teaching for 10 years, do you know how much material that is? Put it in a book and put it on sale. Find a way of creating value so that you're not looked at as a mufere. You can Google that. That you may walk properly. That you may walk properly toward those who are outside. My shoelace has given way. I'm going to tie it. Why can't I tie it? Tie? No.
All right, but look, the last thing, the last thing, the last thing, the last thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, towards those who are outside. I need to tie my shoelaces so that I may walk properly towards those outside. He says that you, look, this is the last thing, this is. That you may lack nothing. Is there anything you lack? Mind your own business. You don't have rent? Mind your own business. No school fees? Mind your own business. And go Ezekadie? Mind your own business. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.